the theme for the afternoon talk is experience and uh, the timeless. Just a little overview in the field of generalities first and then <coughs> um, to uh, the specifics. We have seen a change, shift, migration, we might uh, uh, call it, from uh, east to west in terms or with regard to mindfulness, meditation, spirituality, the exploration of the human experience, looking deeper into life, deeper into ourselves and the privilege of being provided with a variety of tools and resources to enable that to happen. Something which many of us are deeply grateful for, immensely appreciative of the opportunity we have to sit, walk, meditate with its uh, kind of undying message, we might say, to face our existence and to see clearly and unambiguously the condition of our existence heart, mind, body, consciousness, feelings, emotions really look at those carefully with the supportive environment a framework of methods and techniques languages and skills to help make this happen there. it's just said um, but I would say a certain accuracy to it that in the shift which is going on in these explorations of experiences there that quite a lot of the old and the religious in this case the Buddhist uh, tradition which has upheld these practices for all this time that in the West and it is true we have the opportunity to kind of move on so to speak, from a lot of the religious forms. And therefore, I hear and I read and I am told we are free from the religious forms there. And those religious forms might and do reflect and show themselves in, to some degree, the monastic institutions, in the temples, in the Buddha images, flowers, candles incense and all that we visually and sometimes with our ears associate with religion and uh, some of us and the swallow included um, have uh, made some shift in order to adapt these teachings and practices to our culture and environment but of course sitting here in uh, uh, Paranoff there with much love and respect of the religious tradition showing itself in the Gompa showing itself in this rather lovely uh, Buddha statue uh, immediately behind me but those this is the point here those who claim oh we freed ourselves up from we no longer have that it does seem and it's quite noticeable with the voices and with what I read that one can drop one thing and quietly and hardly notice a quiet, dare I say, hijacking um, into a Western framework of, of uh, things 
which can be just as problematic. And what I notice uh, over the years, and there's something of a momentum with this, is increasing uh, reference to neuroscience, increasingly looking at these these kind of practices uh, and mindfulness practices and associated aspects as a new branch of psychology, and thirdly, an increasing reference to the self. Self-compassion, self-love, self-inquiry, self-acceptance, and the consistent use of these then exaggerates, in my view, the self as the practices about the self. And this um, dependency, and one of my concerns uh, with it, it may not really be in tune and in harmony with the field of experience and with the authority of experience because it's transferring it uh, into the world of uh, neuroscience, into contemporary psychology and specifically into uh, scientific-based evidence. And whoa, how often is that being being said in more recent years in, in some of our circles. So I have to smile a little bit of this transference of authority uh, there. While recognising and appreciating um, in the science evidence-based exploration, there is plenty which is important and interesting, but it sounds like, from the mindfulness standpoint, that there is some kind of consistency in the view. There is consistency in the research, but there isn't. It's a myth. And so 1,000 mindfulness meditators or in the uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction program or in other courses may kindly volunteer and share their experience and they've got the pen and the paper and they're doing all the research and then analysing it and putting it all together and we hear sometimes that wow, mindfulness is an incredible tool it changes people's lives the percentage of success was quite remarkable it has a long-term benefit and value And here is the evidence, all these people that were interviewed and questioned and sharing their experience and and some having some wires tapped to their head as a (coughs) extra comfort. And then one hears, same, evidence-based, thousands of uh, people can be uh, involved, in which it is said, oh, mindfulness practices and these forms there they only last as long as the person is mindful, as long as the person is practicing on a regular basis, but then after a period of time, she or he stops going to the course, and after a period, it all begins to fade, and the person finds they're actually back where they started. And there are other courses, or scientific, evidence-based, in the mindfulness world, which uh, says... In the exploration uh, of all of this, the process of uh, all of this might last beyond the benefit of it, beyond a period of time, but then slowly 
even if the person is practicing regularly, it starts to fade uh, uh, there. And others will say the changes go on and the change is so significant that they actually last a lifetime. And in one of them, which did make me smile, the conclusion was, wait for it, watching television offers as much benefit as um, mindfulness practice. So one person asked me this, and I said, I fully agree, as long as the television isn't turned on. So all of the variety of views and opinions there, to me, shows there is no consistency. How could there be? Humans are humans. And the outcome and interpretations and deductions uh, genuinely may vary. I would rather put faith not in so-called scientific evidence, not in the attempts to measure the brain cells and uh, the DNA, put it in experience. Even our beloved uh, scientists, a number of whom are doing mindfulness courses, who do appreciate and do wish to have the scientific-based evidence, this lovely term uh, there. But do you think they, they're doing their practice and then it's difficult? One has the feeling I'm stuck, I'm not getting anywhere. Do you think they're sitting there and thinking, well, it must work because the scientific-based evidence says that there. But the actual experience is in contrast to that. The person will try for a period of time and if it's suitable for him or her, this is the scientist or anybody, if it's suitable, possibly with the interest they will continue. But it may not be suitable, it may not work. They're going to forget scientific-based evidence and they're going to go and do something else instead and bless them for it. They've listened to their experience. It's not my cup of, cup of tea. I prefer a coffee. I'm going to go somewhere else. We must trust in the experience. We need the freedom of experience to uh, be the quiet or, uh, authority and to be just careful about too much externalising of it. At all. Just to be careful about it. doesn't mean to say that in the field of experience others have a lot of experience, have a lot of good insights, have trod this path up and down most of the life and know it well and know the benefits of it uh, uh, well. We can listen and learn from her or him or them, but authority is you, experience uh, is you. In the... <coughs> just have a sip of the water... <laughs> water out of the tap it's re remarkably uh, clear and fresh one of the benefits of living in the countryside I would imagine the Pali word for experience rather nice word pati samvedi literally means that which comes together with a feeling so the confirmation of an experience, 
we sit and meditate, we experience the body, we feel the sensations, we feel what's going on in our mind. Uh, Ula spoke to you today about feelings and emotions. Uh, there, sometimes the feelings are very, very quiet. Sometimes the feelings are, that are such that we're not having access to them. They certainly can dry up. They certainly can be denied, avoided, etc. One can make one's life, tragically, so busy that there isn't enough time to feel. And all of that puts that world of the feeling um, into the background. It's probably one of the biggest losses a human being can face. And all the social and personal global consequences of the inability to really feel this life. So the teachings give tremendous emphasis to experience, therefore tremendous emphasis to what we feel there. And this importance of the, uh, the feeling is that aspect of experience which is worth listening to and connecting uh, with. Quite often in the relationship of uh, so-called oneself to the uh, uh, other much of the priority pretty well most of it but much of the priority in our field of existence is related to our experiences in the field of time therefore our experiences relate to what we experienced in the past what we are experiencing today or in the here and now we might say and also <coughs> what we might experience in the future so look at your life you say what's my life about what's going on with my life and what is often of great importance for us is the relationship we have to life in the field of the three times called the past called the present and called the future these three areas of concern and exploration are so significant and important to us that we give so much authority remember it's misplaced we give so much authority to the past, present and future we rely on it so much for our calm and clarity and more that we invest which is a polite word for infect we invest past, present and future with an enormous sense of reality an exaggerated reality rather than just a conventional one it gets exaggerated and therefore peace of mind and our wisdom is then dependent upon the relationship to yesterday or yesteryear, <coughs> to the present or to the future. And we may not have any other sense of life other than past, present and future and my relationship to it. It's a box. It could be that in the box one aspect of it might get exaggerated considerably. You've got to know yourself with this. 
So for some, the past will gain the momentum of significance. Not only for the meditator, but for scientists and many other circles as well. And what I mean by that, one says, looks at the present moment, the present situation, as we call it, and in the consideration to the present, a person, person may say, actually it's just an outcome of the past. There is no kind of sustainable present moment, but all of these influences, inwardly, what's going on with us, outwardly, what's going on in the world, the force of that, the movement of that, the becoming of that, the evolution of that, these great forces are moving. We are on the receiving end of it, and therefore our past has an enormous influence on the present. It is the influence for some people. And again, the significance of that can grow if there has been, in the past, really important experience. Could be the trauma, the abuse, the violence, the terror, the horror, from babyhood to childhood to adulthood. And one understands just <coughs> the person has intensity of feelings in the living present in which the strength of those feelings sometimes mirroring and reflecting as understandably feeling very sorry for ourselves or what we've had to go through or endure or what's been put upon us or incredible errors of judgment we've made and the consequences whatever it might be and the identity which then emerges out of that could be the sense of feeling to be a victim to, to be nothing more than a kind of product of what went before and therefore the past gains an immense authority over our life and we have a whole army and network of people doing magnificent work who are essentially giving support to others, men, women and children to emerge with some peace of mind and, and some clarity and happiness out of this burden of the past because of what has happened and uh, it's really unfortunate then there are others who can exaggerate the present it, uh, one obvious example of it is in the spiritual circles the um, absolute language there is only the now the past is a fiction the future is just a thought in your mind there's no reality to what was or what will be there is only the now this is a, another narrow absolutist uh, view and the consequences of the identification that view that it puts one in a certainly in a dilemma in so far as one is trying to do everything to be in the now, which is the equivalent of being a canary in a cage, by the way, and putting so much emphasis that when one's not in the now, then very, very easily one's both going to go, past and future. And with that kind of view, one is in the unenviable position of being in the so-called real, which is the now, 
and then being thrown out of it because the power I shouldn't use the word power of now but I will the power of now doesn't have the power to hold our attention very long so much for the power of now so our turning the attention I'm not referring to the book those of you are smiling in here nearly though (laughs) so but in this situation of emphasizing one thing and undermining something else I'm not sure if human experience is like this and sometimes we can look at the the now, the uh, so-called now and for some the meditator the hardcore meditator there can be depths of experience or can arise quite spontaneously at any age and one realises in that such an experience I can't grab the now my interest to be in it that which I want to be in is gone like that and it's gone like that there's not a single moment I can hold not a single moment in this vast field of existence which I can keep for a moment it's an interesting position to be in as a human being so all the talk of being in now and holding on to the now and all, all of that practice experience wise try holding on to it look at it even now small room here <coughs> all the little changes that are going on we can't hold on to it so <coughs> the moment it appears <coughs> it kind of it's gone and it's replaced not with something absolutely different but in the dynamics it's different it's a little different it's a little different it's a little different and then there are others who can't cope and handle with the past whatever or for some which is the danger of those of us in the white haired club of getting nostalgic about the past and thinking of the past as the good old days which they weren't but one has this distortion in the perceptions uh, they are they were just as they were just as this is just as it is and if there's not much attraction to the past or the present <coughs> or some rejection of it of course the future which is amazing because it's such a large open space we can put anything into it that's the Extraordinary it is. At least there's some limits with the past, one's experience, energy, time, evolution, here I was, this I did, etc. Future is much bigger than the past because it's got no reference. The only reference it's got is what we dump in it. And when there is some issue going on for us with the present, the com- <coughs> pardon me the impact the (coughs) tomorrow freedom from the voice (laughs) with the present and the impact of it when it's a bit too much for us watch the thoughts with this one in your daily life as here we very easily can't cope with something in the present whatever it might be and then the future becomes more important 
and there is an interpretation of the future. It's like this, how will I be? How will it be? And because it's such a vast space, it's quite possible for the imagination to be, this is important, to be under the feelings. To be under the influence of the feelings. And two of the common feelings around the future, one is positive, which is far less than positive, and the other is negative. And with the positive, it may show itself in this vast future space as hope. Hope. And with hope, my way of understanding it, it's a kind of positive feeling which <coughs> enters into the perception of the future that it will get better. But there may not be any evidence for it. <coughs> Either with experience or, dare I say, scientific-based evidence of what the future will be in terms of the positive or the negative. And our disposition, that means the feeling, could be situation is going on in the present <coughs> global, social, personal, doesn't matter it's a little bit hard to be with humanly enough and the feeling then with the perception and the views begin to exaggerate the importance of the future and the unpleasant feeling could spark fear worry a concern, doubts that it may all go wrong, or whatever. We don't know if it will all work out fine. We don't know if it will all go wrong. But we do, do know that quite often there is some issue in the past or the present, or the mind is simply wandering into its old habit, and we put a lot into the future. Future is best served when there is clarity, there is vision, there is uh, inspiration, clear intention and a direction which is really based to what is happening this day, this week, this month in one's life. It's, it really needs the grounding of calm and clarity and out of that and sometimes some insights and discovery and application and drawing from the experience here to actually apply it into the future. And that has no hope nor fear in it. If there's hope, there's the vulnerability of disappointment. And uh, if there is fear, it's a contraction and it will inhibit uh, a real uh, energetic exploration. Sometimes, in the world of the time, I'll, I'll get to the time list, hang in. Sometimes in the world of the time, it uh, depends a little bit on the uh, ages, a little bit. <coughs> People in 
in the, my generation uh, will quite often say, I'm going to say, <coughs> will often will say sometimes, God, <laughs> as you get older, the time is going by so fast. So we've got the, the, the time called tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. And that has a relevance uh, uh, for us, unfortunately. Gong's going off in the morning <coughs> and much, much more. But the time also, which is really significant, is the general relationship to time. So years go by and the view can arise my goodness it's 2019 it only seems like yesterday it was the new millennium or 2010 gosh we're near the end of October the year's gone by just like that and it's a common view and then, then the nostalgia then starts to come in it's rather tragic really and oh I remember the school holidays in the month of August when I was a child and they seemed to stretch into eternity those long holidays and now a month or six weeks it goes by just like that so the view of time but there is no consistency to it that's the thing it's constantly being broken up with other experiences Just uh, recently, and this happened quite regularly on uh, uh, retreats uh, uh, as well. <coughs> um, there's something going on in the in the in the in the body of the person. I'll, I'll tell you the personal one in a moment. And the so the person is called in, perhaps, in to the, the doc, to the hospital, to the clinic, to the doctor she or he has to take certain kinds of tests tests for cancer I think if I remember rightly approximately one in two to one in three people in the course of a lifetime will have to undergo will experience cancer levels are high given everything it's hardly surprising and so the person she or he goes for the tests and then perhaps, depends where, <coughs> one may have to wait a week or perhaps two weeks. The person isn't thinking life goes by so quickly or everything's going by so quickly. Whew, that wait for a week to walk into the hospital and to get the results of uh, biopsy or whatever else it may, it may be that can be an eternity sleepless nights worries and fears what will be the outcome you know, this happens regularly on retreats happened here and, uh, and at other times uh, and sometimes some of us just feel blessed that we've got some practice in these areas to explore to meditate on to reflect upon to take one day at a time and to find a certain steadiness in the midst of, midst of change. So small, no, nothing exciting. Small, <coughs> gosh, small uh, incident, I can't even remember when it was, but I think in the last year. So, uh, 
for, for, for everybody, but also applies to the, the good men, since we have the unhelpful privilege of having something our beloved women do not have, the prostrate. <laughs> so the uh, men will probably know this, and maybe in the future. There are signals that there's something wrong with the prostrate. One is pissing several times in the night. Another is um, taking a piss and then five or ten minutes later or fifty minutes later one needs another one. Another one can be, it never quite finishes, dribbles, uh, uh, etc. Another one could be that there is some discomfort in taking a piss. These are signals for men of a certain age. There. So this started happening. Rather unfortunately, it started happening oh, last year, remember, in the rainforest in Australia. <laughs> so it's not like you can just get out of bed and go to the toilet. The rainforest is the toilet. So I'm in the rainforest for a couple of weeks. Four or five times a night... Yeah, then, then you have to be rather mindful because you know, it, 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 you know, the most dangerous thing around here is probably a rabbit. But uh, in the rainforest, you know, scorpions and spiders and lots of snakes, and it's nighttime is for hunting. So one's kind of, dare I use the word, mindful. And so, well, when I get back to England, I'll go and have, go and have the test. Uh, went back, reported to the doctor I've been making these pilgrimages into the rainforest four or five times a night still continuing da, da, da. so then the <coughs> doctor said, we'll do a blood test for you oh great thing so we'll have the blood test back by the end of the week so life wasn't going so quickly this so mindfully, day by day, uh, etc. And the person has anxiety stuff so far, anyway. Then just go day, day by day. So they went to the doctor and they said, We've had a look, done all the tests, Christopher, you're all clear. But it might be that the blood test didn't pick it up, so we'll have to do the internal. There. I think you all know what the internal is. So, um, and then they said, <laughs> I had to smile, um, would you prefer a male doctor for a female? And I said, I don't mind which finger of which gender, I promise you. <laughs> so I rang up my daughter, who was a midwife, and she was doing great mindfulness work because she's such a campaigner. And I said, said to her, she's done years as a midwife, many, many, many internals. I said, look, they call me in next week, darling, to have an internal to look at the feel the prostrate. I said, any comments on it? She says, none, Dad. Just enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> This is a daughter. Uh, there. 
So the, the good nurse, she the doctor, <coughs> did the internal and said, no problem, Christopher, it's uh, all smooth, just there's a slight swelling in the prostrate. That's the good. Yeah, nothing else like that. Many, many, many men and women, young and old, going through this kind of procedure every day and <coughs> precious people will only have so often either the loving good caring support of their family if they are blessed but simply may not have the practices and the resources to be able to handle very challenging and difficult situations and for that we certainly need mindfulness practice we need meditations, we need reflections, we need the ability to be steady with what we feel, steady with what the thoughts are, are. And part of the practice is a certain kind of preparation, and it may well come to us at some point, and some points in our life where being steady with the event re really, really matters. So here's this <coughs> process, not bad, here is this process which is going on. <coughs> Gosh. And at the beginning of the talk with you, I mentioned concern, concern in a kind of, not worried concern or agitated concern, but concern, shall we say, with the giving too much reality. That's a reality, not being denied, too much reality to past, present and future. The indication of exaggerating it is called suffering. That's the exaggeration of the events called past, called present, or called future, given too much, then exaggeration of it. Greed, confusion, agitation, anxiety, desire, blame, reactivity, clinging and holding, and all the rest of it. <coughs> Could it be? Is the question. I look at this experience of being human. I recognize and acknowledge that in the experience, past, present, and future matter to me. But I don't want to exaggerate it. I don't want to call it the absolute reality, the only the, the way things really, really are. Do we have, can we recall? any uh, memories, for example, yeah, in which the memory is, as an example, it's only one, there are hundreds, uh, a memory of some sense of expansiveness, some sense of wonder, of something vast, that, of course, can take place in the meditation cushion, in, the, in retreats. Of course, it can take place um, out in the nature, in the jungle, in the top of the mountain, out in the open sea, in the desert, <coughs> in the middle of the night, waking up. And there is something extraordinary, some <coughs> sense of something vast. Comfortable with the religious language, the sense of God. And in that, it's not really about 
the present, the place, the so-called time, morning, noon, night. It's not about <coughs> what was, nor about what might be, and nor about the kind of construction, the formation, which we call the present. And there is this remarkable capacity of human beings, conscious and awake and uh, alive, to have an authentic, genuine sense of the timeless, and it's got nothing to do with imagination. It's not a projection. It's in the authenticity uh, of experience which can contribute to a sense there of putting our modest, and it's a very modest life, with time of past, present and future into a perspective because we know something much bigger than that. We've tasted it. Before we may have read about it, before we may have um, talked about it or thought about it or, or whatever, but sometimes <coughs> those moments, not bound to what's happened, what did happen, is happening in terms of what's around us or might happen, those moments <coughs> are genuinely precious. And they are important moments just as the uh, small drop of water <coughs> has the same taste as a large, clear lake of water, fresh, clean water. The same taste. And since it's not bound in time, then that which is to be realised and to be known is not bound to death because death is bound to time. It's not bound to birth, because birth is bound to time. It's not bound to change, because change is bound to time. It's not dependent on time. Time doesn't obstruct. So therefore, it can be in the present of the conditions. It can be that there are the influences of the past on the present and the way we look at the future. Could it be that non-dependency on experiences of the past, present and future quite naturally, organically begin to reveal something which is timeless, which is truly expansive, truly extraordinary, and sometimes our religious writers and our poets and our mystics and those who love the depths of meditation and the penetrations into the outdoors and much, much more may have authentic experience of all of this or may have a sense there is something profound, which is deep, which is uh, available. I may not know it at this point or at this time in my life, but there is a certain trust, and it is a, <coughs> a trust. If I can get a, just allow a proper perspective on my small journey in this field of existence and all that goes with it, it can allow the being 
to have another kind of receptivity which can and will contribute to a healthier relationship with the living of our life with what reveals itself to us in experiences and that occasional experience at the top of the mountain in the deep meditation out in the nature and many other uh, expressions of it that that can be and for some is a situation where that sense of immense freedom is actually in the norm of daily life the perspective on the everyday with all the respect and sensitivity and care but it's lost its uh, ability either with the past or the present to generate suffering or very very little in one's life and the sense of that which is much bigger than this small field that we are uh, in is in the rather normal ways of uh, being we are very very close to that which is truly extraordinary and if we have had some small taste of it that small taste like the taste of the water can lead to a much larger taste it's worth staying with worth exploring worth making a quiet commitment to and it doesn't require from us any withdrawal from the world the world is not a problem let's have a quiet minute together shall we please May all beings explore the three fields of time. May all beings find a balanced perspective in the fields of experience. May all beings live with love and liberation. <coughs> 